0: Number one, the only way you and I are going to stay married and have a healthy relationship is either you're going to have a worldview of marriage or you're going to have the world's view. See, the world's view says this. Well, I'm not happy in my marriage, so I just need to get a divorce and marry somebody else. That's the world's view. The worldview says, if, you know, if my spouse is not giving me enough sex or they're not giving me no, uh, enough attention or I'm not getting any love from her or him. And so what I'm just going to do, I'm just going to give me a side chick or I'm going to give me a side dude. So your view of marriage determines how well you function in it. And if your view is that you started the marriage, then you will always have the option to end it. You can't stay cleaved. If you become deceived, deception will cause you to believe something that ain't true. And the only way deception in a person's life who's in a relationship can happen is when they decide, watch this now, to believe a lie. Because that's what makes deception work. When you believe something that ain't true agreement is spiritual before it becomes physical amos chapter 3 verse 3 can two walk together except they are agreed i love the living bible for how can we walk together with your sins between us the moment we cleave to the world's way of doing marriage is the moment we decide to leave god's way of doing marriage and when this happens listen you and god first get out of agreement because it says can two walk together unless they're agreement so once i decide to live not a biblical marriage but a worldly marriage once i decide to do that then god and i can't walk together in agreement so two things happen number one you no longer walk together with god in unity when it comes to your marital relationship and then number two what happens you now have to walk in difference with your spouse Because if your spouse is living a biblical relationship and you decide to live outside of that, two of you can't walk together. It's not my relationship with my spouse that's broken first. It's actually my relationship with God that's broken first that threefold cord got broken once that threefold cord with god is broken you know what's going to happen the next thing that has to happen is there's going to be a separation because you cannot walk together unless you're in agreement and jesus christ is the common bond for our relationship and when you walk outside of him it's going to be difficult it's going to be a struggle Woo! Grab your Bibles, hold it up real high right there at your seat. Say, this is God's word. Say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, my ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the angels of God and all the resources that the kingdom of God has given to us as your children so that we can maximize our marital relationships here on the earth. And I pray today that every ear will hear and every heart will be open to hear what the spirit of God is saying. And Lord, I just take authority over hard hearts this morning. I take authority over seared hearts this morning. I take authority over hearts who have already decided they're not going to listen to what's being said. And I bind that in Jesus' name. Spirit of rebellion, you can't stay in this house and you can't stay in these homes. And I declare today that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Father for ministering to us in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. amen. Amen, amen. God bless you this morning. So last week, we started a new series entitled, We're Better Together. Just look at your spouse and just say it by faith, we're better together. Amen. amen. Every September, if you're visiting us, we do a relationship uh, series that allows me as the pastor to do th- two things. Number one. It allows me to minister specifically to married people so that we can talk about things in marriage that will help us not only have stronger marriages, but also healthier marriages. And then also this series helps me to minister to our singles. So that they can maximize their single lives and then prepare them for any marital relationships they desire. And so if you're in this 9 o'clock service right now, then I'm assuming that you are married. And if you are visiting and you didn't know that uh, we're doing it like this and you're single, uh, just that's good. Just stay in the service and I'm pretty sure that you'll learn something. So if you're taking notes today, our message title is... How to successfully manage conflict. Now, we're not going to fight this morning. We're not going to do that. So here's my subtitle. Here's <laughs> We had a Baptist hum over here. Do y'all hear that? <laughs> so here's the subtitle for the message today. You can resolve it and dissolve it, or hold and mold. I'm going to say it again. You can resolve it, and then hopefully that'll dissolve it, or you can hold it, and what will happen, it will it will mold. Amen. So, the purpose of the message today is to give you some principles on how to address and manage conflict and hopefully resolve them so you won't have to rehash something that's already been resolved. So I have several points and I'm going to just jump in today and I'm going to flow in and out of my notes. So if you didn't get notes, raise your hand and our ushers will give you some. And if you're watching us, uh, there should be some notes uh, on the link that is provided. So the first point that I want to uh, make in the, 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 the message is conflict is inevitable. Conflict is inevitable. And I'm reading out of the New Living... No, the NIV translation of 1 Corinthians 7. Uh, and it says, this was Paul talking, he says, because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for you to remain as you are. Are you married? Do not seek a divorce. <laughs> look at your neighbor, look at your spouse and say, he talking to you right now. <laughs> he said, are you married? Don't seek a divorce. Another version says... Are you unmarried? Do not look for a wife. Verse 28. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. If a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry, watch this church, will face many what? Troubles in this life. And he says, I want to spare you of this. The Living Bible says this. But if you men decide to go ahead anyway and get married now, it is all right. And if a girl gets married in times like these, it is no sin. However, marriage will bring extra problems. Everybody say extra Extra problems. Marriage will bring extra problems. And I wish that you didn't have to face that right now. I'm going to read one more version. The message translation says, but there is certainly no sin in getting married, whether you're a virgin or not. All I'm saying is that when you marry, you take on additional stress. Everybody say additional stress. You take on additional stress in an already stressful time. Say amen. amen. So I'm going to talk about some real, real practical things. But I'm going to talk about some stuff that's happening in you all's relationships right now. Now, first lady and I ain't been married enough to have all these problems. So don't try to figure out which one it ain't going through. We ain't been married long enough to go through nothing like that. Right? All right. Uh, now. We've been married enough, you know, where I've been getting these subtle, like, threats and stuff. But you know. (laughs) I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So listen, trouble, stress, tribulation, and pressure, they're part of the marital experience. And if you and I don't learn how to resolve conflict then we exasperate that. In other words, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And here's what I've discovered. The root cause of most separations and divorces, they come out, listen church, out of unresolved and unaddressed conflicts. Amen. So conflict is going to happen. Everybody say conflicts are bound to happen. All right, so here's point number two. Number two is resolve conflict God's way or the devil will have his way. Resolve conflict, God's way, or the devil is going to have his way. Luke chapter 6, verse 46, give us a principle on resolving conflict. He says, why call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my saying, and when he does them, I will show you who he's like. Verse 48, he's like a man who's built his house and he dug it deep and he laid a foundation on a rock. And when the flood came and when the streams beat upon that house, it did not shake it because that house was built or founded upon the rock. Well, we know the rock is his word. Verse 49, but he that hears and does not do it is like a man without a foundation uh, built a house on the earth when the storm came and the stream beat it and it ruined that house and the ruin was great. Why was the ruin great? Both storms, the same storm hit different houses, the same storm. Why is it that the same storm can ruin one house and then cause another house to stand? It's because of what that house decided to do with the word. Amen. And you might as well do it God's way. You know why? Because your way has proven not to work. Yelling ain't working. Cussing ain't working. Hitting ain't working. Silent treatments ain't working. Cheating ain't working. Amen. James chapter 1 verse 25 says, but whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, watch this church, but a doer of the work. When there, anyone who does the word, it says this man or woman will be blessed in his deeds. So here's the question. How, how do we successfully manage conflict? Because doing things God's way will always lead to blessings, but doing things our way will always lead to stressing. Amen. And if you want your marriage to stay blessed, you might as well decide to resolve it God's way. Say amen to that. So what is God's way? Of course, God's way is God's word. But that leads us to point number three and talking about resolving conflict. And that is resolving conflict should begin with the end in mind. Resolving conflict should begin with the end in mind. In other words, before you even attack resolving an issue. You should start with the end in mind. What's the end? The end is agreement. Amen. Amos 3.3. We talked about it last week. It says, can two walk together unless we in agreement? So listen, before you even talk about resolving an issue, both people need to have the mindset of... The end result of us discussing whatever it is should be us being in agreement. Well, that's easy to do if you both have agreed to submit to the word. See, the struggle only comes when someone has decided they don't want to adhere to the word. Amen. So if you start the conflict out with, okay, the goal is to be in agreement, then guess what? You're going to be fine. So let's talk about some causes of conflict. So just look at your spouse and say, he's about to talk about you right now. Amen. What are some causes of conflict? Here's the first one, unspoken expectations. Unspoken expectations. In other words, those are things that you are expecting from your spouse, but you're not communicating to your spouse. Here's a take-home statement that I want you to think about. What is unknown can never be resolved. What is unknown can never be resolved. And here's the sad thing. You think they ought to know. You think he ought to know. Those draws being on the ground frustrates you. He should know that because you bring it up all the time. Are you going to leave your draws there? Apparently. But see, what's unspoken cannot be addressed. And see, most people think fussing. It's communicating. Fussing is not communicating. You say, well, what's fussing? How, how many times I'm going to ask you to pick your drawers up? That's fussing. Communicating is you're at the breakfast table, you're sitting down, everything is fine, it's calm, no, no problems, no issues last night, and you're just sitting there and you say, honey, can we just take a couple of minutes and talk about how your drawers on the ground frustrates <laughs> me? We got somebody, see, see, somebody, we got some draw problems up in here right now. <laughs> you sit down and you have a conversation about the draws, but you fussing about the draws is not a conversation. You're just fussing. I'm trying to help a lady right now. You can't expect to fix a problem that you're unwilling to communicate. Amen. I believe that had Adam properly communicated the conflict that was in the garden, we may not be where we are today. Amen. I believe had, hypothetically, had Eve eaten the fruit and Adam chose not to, I believe what would have happened is Eve would have eventually died. Because the Bible told, God told him, the day you eat this fruit, you're going to die. So let's just say... That Adam decided to not get in, in agreement with that sin. And he just said, no, I'm not doing that. And she didn't already ate it. And let's say she ate it. Well, she was going to eventually die. Well, you say, well, what would happen? Well, just due to uh, offspring, Adam would have, you know, they reproduced then. He'd have just had another wife from one of his daughters. Back in the day, that wasn't wrong. It is wrong now. I mean, how do you think they reproduced back then, right? Well, think about this. The gender of a child is determined by who? The seed of the father. Now, remember, when Jesus was born, even though Mary was a virgin, listen to me now, she was still a sinner. Because sin started from Adam all the way down. Are you all with me so far? I'm just going to go a little deep and I'll come back up. So Mary, although she was a sinner, she was a virgin. So God, to get Christ here, he had to give a seed that was unblemished and without sin. And that's why the blood of Jesus, we say, what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the... Why? Because his blood was not contaminated with sin. How was it not contaminated by sin? Because he was not born of man. He was born of the father. So now that seed that was placed in Mary was not contaminated with, seed, so, with, with sin. So watch this now. Had that happened with Adam, guess what? He'd have just uh, had kids with another lady and all of them would have still came out. Watch this. Without sin because the sin would have started with his seed. That was all free. So one of the ways that conflict starts is by unspoken expectation. Here's number two, real quickly, is avoiding conflict altogether, suppressing it. Because see, some people feel like I'm just going to not, I'm not going to say nothing. I I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to create no issues. You're creating an issue by not talking about the issue. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, very quickly says, moreover, if your brother trespass against you, and let me just say this, this will help you treat your spouse better when you remember that they were God's son or daughter before you got to him. Amen. He says, moreover, if your brother shall trespass against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Why is it that you didn't talk to five year old girlfriends about your husband's issue and you ain't said nothing to him? Sure quiet in here, ain't it? <laughs> so unfair. You you, you just, un- you, you didn't even uncover the man. The man is butt naked. He didn't even get a chance to even give his side of the story. And you done told five of his girlfriends. And now that's why your girlfriends don't have, I'm talking to somebody right now. This is why your girlfriends don't have respect for your husband. It's your fault. Because you disrespected him in front of them. Okay, well, I don't know if we're ready for this today. Let me tread a little lighter. Let me tread a little lighter. Rather than discussing frustrations in a calm, respectful manner, some people they just they just don't say anything to their spouses. And this seems like a less stressful route. But usually it causes more stress to both parties because eventually tensions, silent tensions, that's what I'm going to call them, begin to build up. And then on top of silent uh tension, listen, now these resentments starts taking place because you get mad at your spouse for doing something you haven't talked to them about them doing. Amen. And so how do people who like silent how, how do they deal with conflict? People who just don't want, they want to suppress it. Number one, they do it, uh, and here's a negative ways of avoiding conflict. You shut down. You just stop talking. Hour go by. Two hour go by. Half day go by. And then your spouse asks, you, you okay? I'm fine. You're not a one that's lost for words, boy. So you, something is wrong cause you didn't, you would have said a hundred thousand words by now. You only had a thousand right now. You shut down through silent treatment. Number two, leaving and never trying to address it. I'm gone. Leave the house. Number three, delaying the talk. I'm not ready to talk about it right now. I, I'm not ready. Well, when you gonna get ready? I don't know, but I, 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 I ain't ready right now. Okay. Uh, it's quiet. Number four. <laughs> some people take the blame for whatever happened so they won't have no conflict. They know their spouse is wrong. Their spouse knows they're wrong. But they would rather just say they're wrong than they have to wrestle with you. Because it's sad for you to just be able to justify your wrongness. They thought, is that gaslighting? What they call it? Where it's really you, but you're trying to put it back on the person. What's another way or issue when it comes to communication or conflict is lack of communication or no communication altogether. See, bad communication or lack of it comes, you know, a big issue. And it will hinder a marriage from resolving conflict. You know why? Because for some reason you just decided I'm not going to talk or I'm just going to sit there and talk. And, and you know, uh, women, let me let me help you with the guys. Guys, most, the average guy already has a minimum amount of words that they want to use. Uh, they already, most guys, not all guys, but I'm a preacher, so I use a lot of words. So I got the most words in our relationship. Because I talk, I, she got to hear my messages and, you know, it might be two o'clock in the morning. She's like, uh, what point are you on right now? <laughs> anyway, guys, when they're, when you're talking, unfortunately, we're listening for the bottom line. We don't hear all that in the middle. We act like we do, but we didn't. We're shaking out you. If you, if you know the drill, you just shake your head. Every now and then be like, okay, babe, yeah, yeah, I understand. And then if you got a smart wife, she'll make you check in and be like, what did I just say? You better be paying attention. What you say and how you say it can make a difference. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Yelling and cussing and calling people's names and talking about their mama. That is not going to help the situation. <laughs> Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying. If it's not good, you shouldn't say it. And I know some of us, you know, we can't just. It's, it's, almost, like, it's almost like a volcano. It's it's like we gotta let it out. I just had to say it. No, you didn't. Do you know it takes more self control to not say something you want to say? That's self control. But see, a lot of times it ain't self control. We just want to make a point. And boy, I, and you know what? I'm telling you something. Don't let our point be better. Amen, church. Watch how the Amplified Version of Ephesians 4 says, it says, let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. It says, but only such speech that is good and beneficial, watch this, to the spiritual progress of others. Let me tell you something. There's some things that you can say that you ain't going to be able to take back. And you're wondering why your spouse is slowly shutting down. It's because you're saying stuff you shouldn't be saying. In the name of, this is how I feel. Amen. All right, here's another one because we're going down here real quick. I'm going to have to say something to make y'all laugh and come back. (laughs) How do we resolve how do we deal with these conflicts not changing when change is needed listen one of the pieces of advice <clears throat> that someone gave me uh, regarding marriages they said if you're not ready to change don't get married well i'm gonna give you all some advice because you're already married if you're not ready to change and keep changing and have a good relationship then stop doing it and have a bad one because relationships you're gonna have to change Amen. And and here's the thing. You just got to view change differently. We, when it, when it comes to, uh, how many have ever had a job promotion? Raise your hand. Raise your, okay. The, isn't that a good change? That's a, that's a good change. You ever change cars where you had an old car and now you got a new car, you change cars. Isn't that a good thing? Yeah. Uh, you ever change levels in, in in school where you go from the sixth grade to the seventh grade? Isn't that good? Well, why do we view change in marriage as bad? It's good too. Here's another issue that that causes conflict in relationship. is selfishness. Uh, the New Living Translation of First Corinthians 13 says, Love is patient, love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. Watch this. It's not rude and it does not demand its own way. One thing I love about First Lady and I, one of the things we say in the mornings is we check in just to see if there's anything that, Either one of us can do for the person. So basically, she'll say, baby, is there anything I can do for you today? And then, you know, she'll ask me, she asked me that and I'll ask her, hey, is there anything I, ne- I can do for you today? Well, that's a great way to start a day other than, uh, cause see some of y'all in your head right there said, it ain't gonna even matter if I ask them. Amen. Everybody say selfishness. Uh, here's another one. Holding on the past hurts and repeated offenses. Somewhere you're gonna have to let it go. Philippians 3 says, brethren, I count my not, not myself to have apprehended, but one thing that I do, he says forgetting, forget. Now I want you to notice he didn't say forget. Cause that's one time. He says forgetting. That's consistently. He said forgetting those things which are what? Behind. behind. And reaching forward to those things which are before. But that's not what couples do. Couples, they don't forget those things which are behind because they're talking about what's behind. Amen. And if you properly talk through an issue, you shouldn't have to go back and reach for it no more. So let's talk about now. Uh, because what I want to do here is I, want, I really want to end with... Uh, how to successfully manage conflict, because conflict is the thing that is going to happen, and if you don 't deal with it right, a godly marriage will bust up just like an a, a ungodly marriage amen Making the, let, let me just throw this one in here because this one is a big one I see as a pastor is when this is what create conflict when couples make major decisions without your spouse knowing it. Or you make it and they not in agreement. Y'all talked about getting a new, you know, he want a new car. And y'all talked about it. And you do the money. And you don't see the money in the budget to get a new car. And man of God, you know, he come home with a new car. Talking about the Lord told him to get it. <laughs> what kind of foolishness is that? The Lord told you to get it. Well, did the Lord tell you that your wife managed the budget and the money wasn't in there? Did he tell you that too? no what happens is couples make decisions either without their spouses you know uh, they don't even know or they're not even in agreement with it when you do that you show disrespect for your spouse amen you're heirs together first peter chapter three verse seven says and so uh Let me give you one more because this one right here, I'm just going, I'm just, so this is what creates conflict in relationships. Having inappropriate or unacceptable relationships outside of your marriage. Notice I said inappropriate. You know it's inappropriate because if it wasn't inappropriate. The stuff you say to that lady on your job, you would say in front of your wife and you know you wouldn't say that in front of your wife. So that's what makes it inappropriate. Why you want to see my phone? Why shouldn't she see your phone? Hello. See, I ought to have y'all exchange codes right now. But if I did that, I'm going to have about 25,000 counseling appointments next week. So I'm not ready to do that. Come on now, you know it's wrong. You, don't, don't get into, well, you don't have no evidence. Forget all of that. And listen, if cheating was acceptable, you wouldn't be hiding it. If cheating was cool and you felt your spouse was cool with it and you on your way, you know, she called, you be like, babe, what are you? Well, I'm on my way to Susan's house. I'm going to have sex with her and then I'll be home in a minute. <laughs> I mean, if it was okay... But you know it's not okay. Come on. You got a man husband at work. No, 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 no. (laughs) So what are some keys real quick to conflict management? Here's number one. always remember there's a biblical solution to every problem. There's a biblical solution to every problem. Number two, I'm gonna go fast on this. You need to humble yourselves and submit to God's way of doing it. Because if you got your way way up here, listen, God's way ain't gonna matter. Amen. Your desire to please God must be the major influence in your life. Forget about your spouse. I want to please God. Amen. Here's number three. Well, let me give you a take home statement. You can, you can be right and fight or you can be reconciled and have unity and peace. Which one? Amen. Here's number four. Find a proper place where you can resolve the conflict without being interrupted. Don't, don't, don't do it in front of your kids. Don't resolve conflict over the telephone. Don't resolve conflict at work. You in your cubicle trying to... Wait till I get home. Wait! Wait! (laughs) I told you! Don't try to resolve it in front of company. Don't do that. Don't try to do it through text messages. Don't do that. Here's number five. Identify the issue and stay focused on resolving that. Don't jump all over the place like Peter the Rabbit. Don't do that. You start on this and then you're over here and you're over here. You know what I mean, it started with the draws and now we're talking about armor all on tires. How do we get that far? <laughs> Stick with the issue. And then don't bring up past stuff that has nothing to do with it. Especially if you feel like, you know, if you know your spouse is right and you wrong, then the best way for you to get out of that is to be like, well, I saw you do this. Well, no, we're not talking about me right now. Here's the next one. Listen carefully, men, listen carefully. Because most of the time people are thinking while they're Discussing. And you're thinking for your next comeback. You you shouldn't be listening for your next comeback. You should be listening to see what they're saying for you to either do it or to at least understand what they're saying. Here's the number. I don't know what number I'm on. Never take the other person's disagreement as not hearing or understanding your point. This is a big one. Just because a person doesn't agree with what you're saying doesn't mean they didn't hear you. Are you all with me? Here's the next one. Try to see the other person's point of view, because usually during conflict, most of us want to feel heard and understood. Amen. Follow your own advice. This is a good one. When you're going through conflict, follow your own advice. You'd have Dr. feel on your job. What would you tell Junior at work? What would you tell him about the situation? Think, it, think to yourself. Okay, what would I tell Jeanette? She's always asking me for advice about her husband. And so what I need to say to her, because whatever I would say to her is what I need to say to myself right now. No, follow your own advice. You would tell Jeanette, girl, that man didn't mean nothing by that. Let that go. That's what you need to say to yourself. Girl, your husband didn't mean nothing by that. Let that go. You might have to be talking to yourself while you're in front of your husband. Hold on, baby. You know, Janet, that your husband didn't mean that. Hold on, baby. You know, Evan, she didn't mean that. Follow your own advice. Own what's yours. Don't let your spouse have to chase the truth. You know you lied. Just say, baby, I lied on you. I lied. I lied. You said, pastor, you don't know the consequences of all of I don't know, but you shouldn't have lied. So, you know, I would rather hear you say, I lied and I shouldn't have. Please forgive me. Then for you to keep lying and then I discover the lie. Okay, who would rather for your spouse to confess that they lied? Go ahead. How many would? Okay. Wow, that's the majority of y'all. Okay, right. So when they come with it now. apologize when it's necessary just say you're sorry and look for ways to compromise do not go to the devil level physical abuse you know and people be watching me online talking about everybody can't stay married because you don't know look i didn't say you stay married ain't you shouldn't stay married somebody beating on you and all that stuff no we're not talking about, i'm just talking about i'm talking about regular marriage now I ain't talking about this toxic Atlanta uh, husband, wives, uh, all that. No, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about just regular. But listen, listen, listen. Don't be putting your hands on somebody when it's trying to resolve. Don't do that. Don't do it. You say, Pastor, I can't help it. She pushed me. Well, listen, listen. The best way to stop that is to view yourself with stripes on in jail. Take some time out. If you got to walk, you know, just take some breather. And the Bible says, be angry. This is Ephesians 4. I'm, I'm ending right here. I'm going to give you the application. Uh, Ephesians 4 says, be angry, but sin not. Listen, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And then the next verse says, neither give place to the devil. Listen to the New Living Translation. It says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. And here's where I'm ending right here. Because there are many couples in here. Because you did not resolve things. You went to bed upset. You woke up upset. You let the sun go down on your wrath. Listen, you should have a 24-hour period to resolve something. And if you can't resolve it in 24 hours then you get somebody else involved because I believe in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. But if you, listen, if you don't set a timeline, you put a, you give a foothold to the devil. And there are so many people in here because I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, you have allowed the devil to get a foothold in your relationship because you did not resolve stuff. It sat too long. And when it sits too long, the devil talks to your spouse. They don't care. They plan on leaving you. They cheating on you. There's so much that the devil talks, but it's only because you give that space and you can't do it. And so I believe there are a lot of people in this room today that need to repent from not resolving some issues that have created space between you and your spouse. And you wonder why you're not having sex. You can't. Because there's no intimacy there. Intimate meaning into me. You see, we're not close enough for that. Because we got issues in between us. And it's—I'm not saying you can't have sex, but sex is better when you're closer together. But it's easy not to do it if you got some unresolved things. And there's some people that need to repent and say, you know what, Lord, I I, I let some stuff get in between me and my heart and my spouse, and and I need to—I need to repent of that. Don't talk to your spouse about it yet. Talk to the Lord about it. Because your first repenting needs to be with him. Because you violated a way that he wants us to respond to conflict from his word. He says, being angry is sin not. Listen, some of y'all need to have bags under your eyes because you shouldn't be sleeping at all because you ain't resolved it yet. Might as well sleep in the car. We ain't going to bed, baby. We got to fix this. So with every head bow, every head bow, every head bow, how how do we, how do we deal with this? There are some people that need to repent from not resolving some issues. And it has created a foothold and the devil is in it. But here's the thing. Only you can kick him out. Thank you, Jesus. Only you can kick him out. I can't kick the devil out of your relationship. You have to kick him out. You let him in. You have to kick him out. Thank you, Jesus. I want you, I want to lead in a prayer. I want everybody to pray this prayer because this altar call is wide enough that I know I'm talking to a group of people I don't know who all they are but I do know it's a lot so I might as well just just lead us all into this prayer of repentance when it comes to giving the devil room let's pray together say Lord today your word says be angry but sin not don't let the sun go down on my anger Lord I've done that Lord, there are some things that I should have discussed with my spouse that bothered me, but I didn't do it. Lord, forgive me. Today, I need a new start in my heart. Cleanse it. Wash it. Change it. Revive it. Refresh it. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, go on the inside. Change me right now. And Lord, today, I commit to you to resolve things your way with my spouse. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, I want you to do something different. I want you to look at your spouse right now. Look at them and say, you know, say, forgive me for not resolving things. Like I should have. I want you to look at them again and say, forgive me for going to bed, upset, and not resolving it. And then look at them one more time and say, forgive me. Today, I'm going to do better because I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if you got something today. Thank you, Father. David here, still about if you died today. If-